five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Podcast on the internet. That was the babies. You like the horns coming out of my head? It's kind of a cool effect. Look at that steer. One of Texas' finest. Uh, the babies with John Waite on vocals. We're going to have a John Waite week. And uh, we'll play some baby stuff. We'll play some John Waite stuff. Um, I guess we only really have three three days of John Waite. And I already know the songs I'm going to play. So, uh, but I really like John Waite. And I I remember, I, I think I bought, I can't remember which of the baby's records I bought when I was a kid, um, which I liked mostly, <clears throat> although they're um, incredible. They're an incredible kind of pop rock band. And Waite has uh, a great voice, kind of gravelly and, but pure, like all the way through, uh, when he hits the high notes, he doesn't really lose anything. It's like lossless um, in his voice. And and he can still sing. John Wade can still sing. He can still hit those fucking notes, unlike a lot of other uh, singers who can't, right? Like a lot of singers have to sing with tapes. John Wade doesn't do that. And he's currently on tour. I would actually love to have him as a guest on on the Friday forecast. I'm going to see if I can do that. I think he'd be a really fascinating guest. And, you know, <clears throat> the reason I'm playing the song, number one, I always loved that song. That song was amazing. That's an amazing song. And in the, in the documentary on Amazon about John Waite, he didn't like that song. Like when he first heard it, and I think maybe he just heard uh, the, the vocal cut. And he just, he said, I don't hear it. Like, I don't hear the hit. And he was uh, dealing with a record producer by the name of Ron Nevinson, who was quite established. And he was one of the engineers on Physical Graffiti by Led Zeppelin. Ron Nevinson has produced a lot of major, major artists. And at one point in time, he was kind of the lead engineer for the record plant. Uh, which was uh, three um, 
through recording studios that, that they're quite they were quite famous uh, during the 60s and the 70s and even into the 80s uh, and they had the record plant in New York and in Southern California, Los Angeles, and in, uh, if I'm not mistaken, San Francisco. And so he, for three years, he was the kind of the lead dog at the record plant. And he was tasked with producing the babies. And the guy who wrote that song also wrote Sail on Sailor for the Beach Boys. So the dude wound up having two hits. Uh, and this one, I think, probably sold more copies than Sail on Sailor, even though it, it was a popular song. It wasn't like what the Beach Boys were known for, right? But they're both incredible songs. And then what uh, what Ron Davinson did is he brought in the backup singers, uh, the the you know the three soul mamas, and brought in that kind of R and B gospel effect with their kind of baroque pop. And it's an incredible song, in, in my estimation. And even and even though Wait doesn't think it's going to be a hit, he sings the shit out of it, and it becomes a hit. And uh, anyway, we'll play some more. I think I'll play a, another uh, Babies track tomorrow, and I'll play another John Wait song on Thursday. Maybe I'll play two John Wait songs on Thursday. I'll play some contemporary John Wait. And like I said, he's on tour. And if you have Amazon Prime, check out the documentary. It's really fascinating. And it's a, really about a man kind of coming to terms with his life, where he is now. And it's all through the lockdown. And he's just antsy as hell. Um, he wants to get out. He wants to connect with people. Um, and it's a retrospective of his career and and kind of how he got to where he is today and he's still out there touring and still singing pretty well. Right. And he's got like a very spare band. I think it's a drummer and a guitar player, maybe a bassist. I, what I saw, there wasn't even a bassist. Although John Wade can play bass if he needed to. So that's not a big deal. How is everybody? Welcome to another edition of 15 minutes of flame. Um, look at this. Look at that. Beautiful. Look at that beautiful steer. Look at that, Mama. That's Texas. Yeah, I can tell by the background. I grabbed this off the internet. We're going to have some Taurus imagery over the next uh, couple of weeks on the show here. And it won't always be bulls and steers. We'll try to mix it up a little bit. But today we got to pay homage to the uh, to the to the mother, right? The cow is really the mother. And then we get milk. <laughs> Let's be honest, right? It's a uh, the cow is the milkmaid of the uh, of the earth, and even the Indians knew this. And I'm not talking about the Native Americans; I'm talking about the uh, subcontinent Indians and how they venerated the cow. And they were smart, you know. They knew that if they killed the cow to eat the cow flesh, uh, that they would starve because of their population. I mean, I think that kind of went into their veneration of the cow because they were able to get milk from it. They're able to get cheese from it. Like, you know, it's a kind of a big deal. So they're looking, they're looking at chickens and goats to get their, or fish to get their meat source. Cow, you're, 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 you're sacred. You're sacred in India. Look at that. Speaking of sacred, I got my two, my two new sacred totem animals here. We got Jasper 
who's buried in the crown. But he's here. Got to take my word for it. And then we have uh, Miss Peachy down on Saturn's cube on the floor. And they both are in dream states. They both have their eyes closed and they're, they're dreaming the show into existence. So how is everybody today? Are you, what are you doing with life on earth? Life on earth is challenging, really challenging. I'm feeling it. I'm just telling you, I'm feeling it. Cause I, you know, I don't like to make my personal life. Like I'll talk about my personal life, but I, I'm not, I don't like to do vlogs where I just talk about myself. I think, I think it's pretty fucking boring and self-indulgent, honestly. Uh, every now and then though, you know, it happens. Right. And I'm definitely, definitely experiencing some of that Saturn and Pisces material. In fact, I'll be, uh, dealing with me madre again shortly and that's an ongoing situation and uh and then there's other stuff that's going on that i'm not ready to talk about right now but it's an interesting time to be a human and i and i started to talk about this on uh the astro weather and if you go through your day long enough whether it's through the um, transient interaction with uh, passing strangers or even people that you have various levels and degrees of relationship with, one gets the sense that we're just not dealing with humans anymore. That, that, that the system has altered our ability to interact. It is altered. You know, I was... I was taking groceries out of my car last night and my lights were on in my, in my car. Cause I'd left the door open. And so my lights were, they stayed on and I, and it was a fairly, I'd say it was a nice night. It was kind of chilly out here last night, but I imagined it to be nice. And I went back to a time where, uh, you know, people would do stuff like take their cars and turn their lights on and shine them onto a basketball court and they would play at night without a care in the fucking world. Right. This, this, and I thought to myself, wow, I remember those times. I remember that, that, that nothing else really mattered. You know, all that mattered was, you know, hanging out, playing, uh, you know, and how you, how you played, I thought for me would always matter. And then you know the camaraderie after a game where you drink a couple of beers and you know you talk shit and have fun and and then everybody kind of goes off to their life and they go and live their life. And I and I and it was just one of those trigger moments like like that's not happening. It's it's not happening. Like those kinds of like first of all. I don't think people really do that that much anymore. And second of all, there's um, too much alteration of the social pattern for that to exist in a way where you don't have to worry about anything. 
And, you know, we were afforded a great deal of luxury during a time where we weren't even really aware of it. I mean, there were times later on, like in my 30s, where I was becoming acutely aware of what was happening. And uh, it made the 90s kind of challenging in some ways, because I definitely was perceiving the oncoming darkness. Um, but that aside, you know, I still managed to have time to do those those sorts of things. It wasn't like it is now. Now we're wondering if the power grid is going to go down because Biden made some kind of a proclamation. Now we're wondering if the elites are going to scurry down to their uh, deep underground military bunkers, turn the power off, and basically let the rest of us like go at it. I mean, I'm serious. I'm serious about that. If that's not in the back of your mind at this point, you, you know, you should you should be really rethinking like what's going on out there. Because we're we're running out of crises. When they run out of crises, that's when things get sketchy. And we're going to talk about Tucker Carlson and why I think. Not only is it the end of an era in a lot of ways, it really signals something that we need to pay attention to. Both him and Don Lemon are gone. And, you know, Fox News took just an absolute beating on the stock market. Absolute beating on the stock market. CNN has been taking a beating for a while. It's nothing... It's nothing new. I mean, they they can't just keep recycling Trump to get ratings. I mean, at some point, even the most diehard never Trumpers are, you know, they're they're gonna they're they're gonna get burnt out. And those people today are cracking open a Bud Light because Tucker Carlson's gone. I guarantee you, that's what they're doing. Like they get to theoretically dance on Tucker Carlson's grave. We'll talk more about Tucker Carlson uh, as we as we get into the show. Um, but it's an end of an era, and we're rapidly approaching a time of, because Tucker, let me just say this about Tucker before I, I uh, get into um, True M Science and get into chat. I'll say this about, about Tucker, that in a lot of ways, whether you agreed with him or not. Uh, and there were times where, you know, I had a falling out with, with Tucker around the whole Hunter Biden thing. When he basically said, we're going to let up on Hunter because, well, he's got, uh, you know, a wife and kids and, uh, well, you know, we need, we we, you know, I think we need to respect that and kind of put it to bed. I mean, that's kind of what he said, right? And then it comes out that, you know, he and Hunter Biden were friends. They lived in the same neighborhood. Uh, Tucker went to Hunter to see if Hunter would give his son a letter of recommendation to attend Georgetown. And, you know, when I saw that, it was like, you know, up to this point, you had won me over. You'd really won me over. And you weren't that, you know, snotty, bow-tied young Republican that dissed Ron Paul uh, to the point where, you know, you, you, you damaged his run for the presidency, right? 
Like, I bet if you asked Tucker now if he would do that again, I think the answer would be no. I'd like to think that. So that guy, I never liked. He was he he was a way more smarmy version of the current version of Tucker Carlson. But he dropped the bow tie and Tucker grew on me and he became uh, the Vox Populi. You know, we talked about Walter Cronkite on Friday's show and how Walter Cronkite essentially sold the news. That's what he did. It was through his kind of uh, stentorian, you know, Augustine presence, the grandfather who was giving you the gravy. And that's the way it is, right? Tucker became, in some ways, a version of Walter Cronkite for a group of people. And he understood, and I think there's a personal evolution with Tucker, with his political views, his personal views, his moral views. And I do think that Tucker has evolved. That's my sense. He comes from a very weird background. Maybe we'll get into his background a little bit today. Very weird background. But at the end of the day, he wound up standing up for the things that were ultimately right and true. He questioned for a while he was in on the, uh, the vaccine narrative. He had that goofy ass doctor on his show. Jesus. Every time that goofy ass doctor came on, I'm like, Oh, please. Can we turn the sound down? And talking about this rate and that rate and these numbers and those numbers and I think Tucker was trying to kind of like hold the line a little bit, right? Like he's a Taurus. And so he didn't, he didn't want to just go in and turn the flamethrower on like Alex Jones. But eventually he moved, right? His position moved. And he, for a while, he was respectful to Fauci, but that changed. And he became much more adamant about Fauci's role in this whole thing. And he's a Taurus. So, you know, it's pretty rare when you, when you see a, like when he stopped on the Hunter Biden thing, I'm not entirely sure what that was about. Maybe it had to do with the fact that there was some personal connection there. Maybe it had to do with the fact that somebody at Fox had give it a rest. Maybe it was a combination of all those things, but other than the Hunter Biden stuff, even though he didn't personally like Trump, which was clear in the emails, he he had contempt for Trump. And he, he even like hung out with Trump in Japan. Remember that? Like he met with Trump in Japan. And I actually thought that, you know, that they could they form an alliance and that if Trump was smart, he'd listen to Tucker Carlson. And I think Tucker attempted that that reach, but there's a part of Trump that with that Sun Uranus conjunction in, in Gemini, he's a destroyer, right? There's a fine line between being a disruptor and a destroyer. And Trump danced on that razor's edge of being a, a disruptor and a destroyer. And, and 
ultimately Tucker Carlson would come to view Trump as a destroyer. And that's clear in the emails. So knowing that, he even put his best foot forward to try to support him and MAGA and the movement that was accruing behind Trump. Because I think Tucker actually believed in that. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, it says something about him that he could hold a person in contempt for the job that they're doing and at the same time have a face forward that supports the people that are supporting the man that he has contempt for. That was the, th- and looking back on it, I think when you see this stuff come out, it's like, wow, that's pretty interesting. And then he, you know, he moved. He like once, you know, the facts came in around the jibber jab, he moved on it and he became uh, a staunch defender of people that did not want to support the pharmacological industrial complex, clearly, he became a staunch supporter of those people. And he never, he never wavered. And, and, and then he was given the January 6th footage. And that was huge. When Kevin McCarthy gave Tucker Carlson the January 6th footage, it blew the fucking cover on the current administration. And in some ways, that might have been um, the fait accompli for Tucker. I'll talk more about what I think happened um, and why he's gone and what I think is going to happen next with Tucker Carlson and why I think it's relevant, You know, why I think it's relevant to all of us. All right, before I do, let me um, do a little uh, true hemp science. True ham science. Let's do a visual. So whenever I go live and I have a show, of course, I'm going to talk about the only sponsor I have, which is True Ham Science. If you haven't discovered their hemp products or CBD products, um, I heartily suggest you explore this page. And if you're dealing with things like inflammation uh, achy shit, right? CBD can be very helpful if you use it on a consistent basis. And there are a variety of CBDs here. You have oils, edibles, water soluble. If you have any questions about any of the products, you can make an appointment to speak with somebody at True Ham Science. And hopefully, more than likely, you'll get our buddy Chris. And if you spend $100 or more, on any other product and type in 15MINS, 15MINS, you will get free product with your order. If you spend $150 or more, you get free shipping. Everybody wins here. Everybody wins. So there you go. There's a shout out to our sponsor, Trium Science. All right. Uh, let's see what's happening in the old Chatteroo, the Chatterooski. The great Chataria. Let's see. There's Hucklebuck 411. What's going on, Huck? 
Wendy says, Wendy, I owe you a call. I owe you a call. Today, I'm making a commitment. Uh, there is uh, CC Jones. What's going on, Fran? Good to see you. TJ, Tomas Jordan. I guess Bo's in the house. Hi, Bo. Ryan. Hey, we got a flyby with Ryan. Good to see you, Ryan. Uh, Mark, Mark M, my, my astrological brother from another mother, Crossfire Cat, Mercury Retrograden, 1AI, greetings, Pitbulls, greetings back at you. Uh, let's see, D. Tiffer, mayor elections came up here in the 210 and Prop A. Uh, M. Sam, Sam Diego has my attention. Uh, God, San Antonio has the weirdest districting in terms of voting. It's just like, like they districted all the conservative voters out of San Antonio. A good luck, uh, darling. Uh, I know you'll vote for the right person. Uh, let's see, Kelly B. So I see now John is apparent. So apparently a he. Yes, John Wade is a he. I know the song, not the band. JJ's here. What's going on, JJ? Gorgeous steer, right? What a beauty she is. Absolutely. Christine. Oh, don't worry about it, Kelly B. Uh, no worries. Primo in the house. Kyrie day all. The Matrix Mayhem. There we go. Mark, yes. Is this today's birthday? He, I mean, I think it might be his birthday. Uh, all right. We got to play a little happy birthday for Mr. Mark S. Oh, let's just stop the proceedings right here. We got to come up with the right birthday song for Mark S. You know, I love playing the birthday songs. Let's see. Oh, God. can I do that? I could do that one. Uh, that's too long, although it's great. Oh, uh, let's see. I need a good one. Good one for Mr. Mark. What, what do we got here? All right. Oh, we did that one before. I don't like repeating myself. All right, Mark. This one's for you. This one is for you, buddy. I think you'll appreciate it. Here we go. What? What? Oh, it's your birthday again. Yeah, so what am I supposed to do here? Am I supposed to sing happy birthday to you every time it's your birthday? All right, fine, this is it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, all right? God. Can a cat just get some sleep around here? Short and sweet. Happy birthday, brother. It was the animating factor. The animating factor. All right, let me get back to uh, where we was. Okay, where are we? Ah, yes, we're here. 
I thought he was a sheet. Yeah, John was, you know, the babies. They were a glam band, right? That was their image. Doesn't look like that now. That's for damn sure. Nice looking lady. <laughs> That's funny. Sony, what's happening, Sony? Good to see you. Uh, I watched John White documentary. It was great. What a great talent. He had problems because he was raised by quality people. God, that's you know what, Steve? That's a really great insight. He had problems because he was raised by quality people. What an insight. Wow. Good one. Rebel in Sudan have taken control of who library? What could go wrong? Oh. So that's the that's the whole, is that the cartoon thing? where they're having this like wild shit happening cartoon. I've been kind of tracking that. Africa's going to go off, man. Africa's going to go off. They're they're going to have a hard I know China has really invested in Africa in a way that uh, the NGOs haven't. But Africa's going to go off. Interesting. Uh, let's see, who else do we have? Harry Bowie coming on over. Hi, Harriet. Double K, Catherine Kramer. Rocky's here. Hi, Rocky. Uh, looks like it is a 70s thing that missed me. Anyway, the babies weren't all that pop. I mean, they sold a lot of records. It's amazing how many records they actually sold. And uh, I actually saw them open for Alice Cooper. The pucker factor, take that heifer by the horns. Yeah. I really dig the look with those large steer. <laughs> I didn't plan it that way. It just happened. I definitely need a TR for Peachy. Peachy's really interesting. She's an interesting cat. I'm driving from Naples to Sarasota so I can really message that. <laughs> Uh, let's see how long is three and a half weeks. Always Indians only venerate cows whilst it produces milk after they are left eating cardboard in the streets, been traveling there for 30 years. Good insight, Maria. Andrew Garland, there's a blast from the past. Finally feeling things are changing. Good. Good to see you, Andrea. I've been seeing you around for a while. Maybe you're here. I just haven't seen you. Uh, look at Rocky going to Hawaii, not a vacation, going to help a cousin through heart surgery. Oh, Jesus. Uh, man, we have we now we're dealing with the ravages of the war, aren't we? Now we're dealing with the wounded and the injured in the battlefields. This is what's happening. I'm sorry. Lord Camacho, what's happening, Lori? Uh, great point, Steve. He may have loved Allison. I think he did. But I think he got emotional because she, a true artist, validated his talent performance. Yes, that's true as well. I think so. we're talking about the John Waite documentary. Uh, let's see. Genocidal goat herder will be world dictator soon. Ooh. Brand says, when I was younger, I thought the world made sense. On some level, it did. Some level, some level, and some level, Fran, it did. 
given what we were given, it did it did make sense given what we were given. And then it started to become unglued. And that's where we are now. Oh, this is another one. Did anyone, this is from Fran. Did anyone see the, uh, anyone see the clip? I kind of like that. Where Justin Trudeau said he didn't force anyone to get vaxxed. Talk about fucking gaslighting. Am I right? Huge. Lisa W says a grid down has been on my mind for a while. When they run out of things to run by you and scare you and um, get your emotional energy, when they run out of those things, what's the last thing they do? They, 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 they pull the plug. That's the last thing they do. They pull the plug. And they're running out of things. Tucker will laugh last, I believe. I think so. We'll get into that. AOC gloating on her Twitter timeline just made me think how not in the game the right is. Um, I'll say this about AOC and gloating. She better be careful. Not because anybody is going to do any bodily harm um, to horse face. But the energies are, they're not there, right? Like this is not necessarily a time to do victory laps and dance on people's graves. Not in that kind of way. I'm just saying, like, this is not a time to do that. Even though it looks like Alyssa Heiderscheid is kind of temporarily out at Bud Light. But it doesn't really matter. Dylan Mulvaney. Oh, by the way, that's an interesting name, Mulvaney. Do you know why? Because in, I believe, it's, it's an Al Pacino thing. I'll get back to that. Anyway, um, Tucker is an actor. Those cracking that beer are actors. Um, I'm going to push back on that. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to push back on that. I think Tucker, I think Tucker has performed certainly a role as a release valve. Um, and I think he's a person, right? He's a person. He has kids. Uh, I think, you know, he has kind of, he lives in a fair amount of anonymity. There are details about his life that are interesting. He doesn't watch TV. He has um, a disorder that has to do with screen flicker. And so he reads a lot of books. Like everybody's an actor. Like you're an actor. I'm an actor. We're all actors. We all have masks. We're all playing a role. Like right now I'm playing a role. I'm playing Robert, the broadcaster and the streamer, but I have a personal life. 
And there are issues at times in my personal life. And Tucker Carlson has a fucking personal life. And I guarantee you, like, that dude is not immune to dealing with issues. So, you know, did he perform a role and a function as a release valve? Sure. But he also managed to, at the end, it was almost like he said, fuck it. And he kind of he kind of went for it and did things at the end, especially the January 6th stuff, which I think was really important in long overdue. So, you know, the question is really, and I'll direct this to you, Christine, directly. Who isn't an actor? Who isn't an actor? We're all acting. We all have masks. We're all performing some role. And if you don't think you are or we are, you may want to re-examine that. Just saying. And I'm not here to defend Tucker like he's an establishment baby, okay? I know a lot about him. One of the listeners of this show is friends with his brother, right? I've heard stories. He's been at Tucker's house for dinner over the holidays. Like, I know a few things. I'm not an expert on Tucker Carlson, right? But clearly, he was somebody who was elevated. And once he got the ratings, there were huge ratings, Actor or not, Fox rewarded him. Anyway, I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. Uh, let's see. Did he say that? He did. He said that Hunter was his friend. I'd said that. And that's where he kind of lost me. It was like, okay, you're, you're hot on the trail, this dude. And he publicly threw in the, the, the towel. That's where Tucker lost me. He kind of got me back a little bit towards the end when he was really going after big pharma and the Jan six stuff, it was kind of like, you know, his uh, suicide run. Yeah. Aren't we all actors? Exactly. Controlled opposition. I don't, maybe, maybe I, again, look, I think that it's, I think sometimes people play roles and they're allowed to play roles and they may not even know that they're controlled opposition, right? Like if you sat down and talked with Tucker from 10 years ago, and then you talked with Tucker now, you would have a conversation with a very different person. And, and you know, he comes from, again, his father worked for fucking Bush and Reagan, and his father like was kind of a, a weird propagandist for the Bush family. Look, I know a lot about Tucker and his background. I've gone down the rabbit hole with Tucker, right? I've gone down it. And, and I do think that they have people that they will give 15 minutes, a half an hour, an hour or two, so that they can be a bit of a release valve. I don't know if Tucker understood that he was controlled opposition, if that's true. Because I believe that he believes in what he believes in. And he may know that there's a lot going on based on his family background and all the shit that he's gone through. Right. But somewhere in there, there's an individual that's making choices. He's making choices based on 
what he knows and what he doesn't know. What and you know, this guy knows a lot. Trust me. You look, you look at the background with his father, and he's been around this stuff for the entirety of his life. Um. So yeah, controlled opposition. Well, not anymore. Let's see. Tucker going to Anali to put up his dogs. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I'll tell you what I think Tucker's going to do. Cronkite was a deep, deep stater, total deep stater. He used to go to Bohemian Grove. Tucker and Hannity screwed Ron Paul. I totally agree. I think Tucker probably would uh, admit that he might regret that at this point. And I fucking can't stand Sean Hannity. Can't stand him. Okay. And that's who's left, right? Sean Hannity. And where's and where is where is Fox News gonna go? This is important, right? This is an important moment. Like this, this should this is kind of a canary in the coal mine moment, not because Tucker Carlson, you know, the Vox Populi, the voice of the people is no longer at Fox. It's that Fox is willing to throw in the towel with the one person that anybody gave a rat's ass about watching on Fox. What does that say? It's the end of Fox. And even to a lesser extent with Don Lemon, we saw the Don Lemon thing coming, right? First, they take him off his show at night. And they put them on the, the daytime show. And, you know, it's basically like they're managing Don Lemon now. And then he gets into the debate with uh, Vivek Ramaswamy um, about what happened during the Civil War, the Second Amendment, and John Brown's ferry. And he makes Don Lemon look like a fucking idiot because Don Lemon doesn't even understand his own history. Right? He doesn't even understand his own history. And that was really the straw that broke the camel's back for Lemon, is that Vivek Ram... By the way, Vivek Ramaswamy, if we actually get into a debate situation with, with uh, the presidency, I would not want to debate that guy. I would not want to... He's smart. He's really fucking smart. He understands things in a way that these candidates don't understand. I, I've, I've, I've listened to him. This guy gets it. He totally gets it. He's 38 years old. He's got money. He's a millennial, but he, he gets it. And be very interesting to see if they let him on the debate stage. And I guarantee you, you know, if you get somebody like DeSantis or, or Trump or um, who else is running with the Republicans, I don't, I don't know. Those are the ones that, that, uh, that I know of off the top of my head. They'll attack him for his lack of experience. Like, Ron DeSantis is not a dummy. Ron DeSantis is actually pretty smart. You know, he's got that Mercury and Virgo. He's got, and it's conjunct Saturn. So he's got that kind of calculated, administrative, smart brain. Doesn't make many mistakes. Does not make many mistakes. So he's smart. But he, he, he will put his record uh, as governor of Florida up against somebody like Ramaswamy and basically say, what have you done? 
These are all the things that I've accomplished. That's what Ron DeSantis is going to fall back on. And the reason why he accomplished those things is because there are people in power that have allowed him to accomplish those things. Right. But be careful. Be careful. With, I mean, if he opens that gate with Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy will, he'll have chapter and verse on everything that's inconsistent about DeSantis. Trust me. And that's a guy who I'm, I'm actually looking forward to watching in these debates. It'll be, he's a Leo too, by the way. So, um, Fox just recently settled with Dominion for $778 million because Dominion accused Fox of basically, you know, smearing their good name, right? Basically a libel suit, which is interesting because this links back to Tucker's father. Tucker's father and a buddy of his at one point in time were living in the Bay Area, and they did a, a, a story on one of the mayors of San Francisco named Joe Alioto. And they, they in the story, they made connections between Joe Alioto and the mob, which, by the way, is not too far afield. I actually talked to Joe Alioto one time on the phone. He was a nice guy. He was very cordial to me. Uh, his daughter, uh, Angela, she was a supervisor at San Francisco, a few successful, run, unsuccessful runs for mayor, right? Couldn't carry on the Alioto legacy. But uh, Joe was a character. And uh, so Look Magazine bought the story from Tucker's father and his buddy. And uh, Joe Alioto sued Look Magazine. Sound a little familiar? They sued Look Magazine, Joe Alio did, and he won. And back back then, I think he won something like $350,000. And $350,000 in 1960s money was a lot of money, probably close to a million dollars. And that lawsuit put Look Magazine out of business. And what's interesting is that Tucker's father and his co-writer, Never had to testify or, you know, go before a jury. And this thing went to a jury, unlike Dominion, which didn't even go to a jury. So there's there's this weird legacy with Tucker and his father. And 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 I'm not saying that that uh, the Dominion suit is going to put Fox out of business, um, but it kind of did. Like, who's going to watch Fox now? What are you going to watch there? Hannity, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I stopped watching Tucker, but every now and then he would pop up on my YouTube feed and I'd watch him. I'm like, yeah, he's actually saying some interesting things. And the thing about Tucker that a lot of people um, don't realize is that, you know, he provided an opportunity for people to appear as guests on his show. Whether he's an actor or controlled opposition or not, Jason Whitlock had um, numerous appearances on Tucker Carlson. And he exposed Jason Whitlock to an audience that didn't know about him. Right? Jason was 
kind of floundering away on Fox Sports with Speak for Yourself, which is really where I started to follow Jason Whitlock. Because there was a time when Jason was woke. There was a there was a woke Jason Whitlock, which I didn't like. Like, Who is this fat ass? Right. But then I started to watch him on Speak for Yourself. I'm like, wow. He's like taking on people and he's taking on very unpopular subjects and topics and giving a very different perspective. Like it really got my attention. And I remember the first shows that he did with Colin Cowherd, because that's where he was. Colin Cowherd looked so fucking uncomfortable. It's like politics was the last place Colin Cowherd wanted to land. He just shut up with a little Jason. And he's like, I'm out of this show. And he was eventually replaced by Marcellus Wiley. And those were actually really good shows. And Marcellus is a Sagittarius. So he's kind of taken uh, Jason's torch in his own way. And he's got his own podcast. And Marcellus got kicked out of Fox, too. Now that show is run by Joy Taylor. But that's what Tucker did. He gave certain people uh, the opportunity to appear on a show, whether he's controlled opposition or an actor or not. He opened up Jason Whitlock to a whole different audience that didn't know about him. And that's just one person off the top of my head. So there's, there's downstream effects to all of this. And you can see where Tucker was headed. Like he was starting to do more stuff that felt really podcasty. You know what I mean? He was doing stuff, more stuff from his home, by the way, I think he did the show from his home. If I'm not mistaken. I think there was a studio set up in his home and I think they had a green screen. I think it was all set up. Like he was doing it out of his home. That's my sense. That's my sense. Uh, Can Tucker be ultimately trusted? I would say caveat emptor. That's my opinion about everybody. Caveat emptor. But it doesn't cut me off from taking what I can from certain individuals, except for maybe Russell Brand. I can't watch Russell Brand. Just can't. Not a lot of people. I try to keep like the public disc down because I don't think it really serves a purpose, but I got no problem with the public disc with Russell Brand. Anyway, he was on Tucker. Tuck, he had, Russell Brand was on Tucker. You know who else was on Tucker? Kanye. Kanye was on Tucker. And you know what Tucker didn't do? He didn't attack Kanye. And again, you could say Kanye is controlled opposition or is MK Ultra. And you know what? Some of that might be true. But Kanye, something was trying to break through Kanye during that period of time. You know, it was ugly. It was, I wouldn't say it was, it wasn't ugly. It was awkward. It was really awkward. It was weird. Um, It was compelling excuse me, compelling, right? I'm like, this is interesting. And I certainly was open to what Kanye had to say and try to work through what he was actually trying to say. He was wounded, he was hurt, and he looked around and he saw, you know, who was counting his coins and who was ultimately controlling things. And he basically said, this is the math. And in, in at times articulate, 
uh, inarticulate, um, awkward ways, he did his best to speak his truth. And he was on Tucker, and Tucker did not degrade Kanye. He didn't go Lex Friedman on him. He didn't go Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro would never have Kanye. He didn't even do what um, Matt Walsh did. Matt Walsh trashed Kanye. Absolutely trashed him. Tucker didn't trash him. Tucker gave him, some people might say he gave him enough rope to hang himself, but I don't think that was the case. So Tucker, Tucker brought people onto his show that was a window uh, to the world with certain people. And I'll just, again, cite the Jason Whitlock piece because he brought Jason's, and Jason's not perfect. I don't agree with Jason on everything. But Jason's growing and evolving. I'm watching him do it. They're both Tauruses, by the way. And Jason, the the interesting thing about Jason, I'll tell you how, what's really interesting. He took down this picture of Martin Luther King in his studio. Like, finally, finally, it got to him, right? Like, yeah, this icon got to go. He, he figured it out, right? So people can evolve. They they can evolve, and you know, and there's the public persona, and it's you know, it's not easy sometimes. And I'm just a guy sitting in my studio, you know, doing this. I could only imagine what it would be like with a huge audience, right? You know, and there are times where I think, you know, no, I'll tell you, I'll be straight up. Sometimes my ego kicks in and 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 says, you know. I deserve a bigger fucking audience. That's what my ego says. But there's baggage that goes along with that, right? There's baggage that goes along with it. And I have to keep reminding myself that it's not about that. It's, and it's, it's like, it's also the quality of the people that are connected to whatever I'm doing. That's really important. And I have to keep coming back to that. Like, I have to get grounded like this, this beautiful steer right here. Look at her, right? So, but I'm I'm just being straight up. And just imagine being at that level and then having to deal with the pressures of things like sponsors. And, you know, the other night I was on Quite Frankly, and I got an email uh, during my, just when I went on with Quite Frankly, it was somebody who signed up for my, uh, for a subscription. And uh, the name of the person was Fuck Phoenix. And uh, uh, no, it was, no, uh, Phoenix is a piece of shit. And uh, the email was fuckphoenix at gmail.com, right? I can only imagine what it would be like to be really, really like Tucker Carlson style big or Jason Whitlock style big and the shit that those people have to put up with. That's not easy. That is, that is not, that, that is, that part of the gig is not easy. But I would like to be on Jason's show. Um, so, I think that part of the Dominion settlement, if you follow my Twitter feed, this is what I said, is that the unspoken part was that Fox had to shit can Tucker Carlson. That was, I think, part of the settlement. And uh, Rupert Murdoch's kids don't share the same theoretical values, whatever they are, that Rupert Murdoch had. So they don't, and you know, they're they're like the kids out here in the hill country whose parents had ranches 
and work the ranches. And they were like, okay, uh, when you guys checking out here, yeah, I think we're over with the ranch life. Have you seen the real estate market in this uh, area lately? That's what they're kind of like. They don't really give a shit. I, I don't know what their plan is. Maybe their plan is to hit the bunker, right? Maybe that's what their plan is. But Fox News is a non-entity. It's a non-entity. Nobody's going to watch it. What, are you going to go there to watch Sean Hannity? Like, people have woken up in the last four years, and they've realized that Sean Hannity, what is he? What is he really? He's a bully. Sean Hannity is a bully. He's a bully for the establishment. Nothing more. That's all he is. Nothing more. Laura Ingram, why would you want to watch her? You know, you could go online and you could watch at the same time, you know, at that period of time, you watch quite frankly. And quite frankly, you would have a much better experience than watching Laura Ingram. And that's part of what this is all about, too, right? It is the decentralization of media. I'm watching all these people who are pretty well-known in their field. Now they all have podcasts. Stephen A. Smith, by the way, ESPN fired 300 people. Because nobody's watching ESPN. They decided to just, you know, go all fucking wokey-woke and get away from sports, and nobody's watching them. You know, they, 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 they drank the Kool-Aid and now Stephen A. Smith is starting his own podcast and Stephen A. Smith is now starting to sound a lot, a lot more like a conservative, which is interesting. You can see him beginning to migrate away. Shannon Sharp migrating away from Fox news with his podcast. You have somebody like Draymond Green, who's an NBA player who has his own podcast. Peter King, who for a long time, you know, was on uh, NBC Sports with uh, Mike, what's his name, uh, the liberal lawyer. Peter King's got his own podcast. This is where everything's going. Like it's Pluto and Aquarius and decentralization is, and we've seen the path of decentralization. It started with three networks, four if you count PBS. That's it. And then we got into cable world. And we had all these networks, theoretical, at our disposal. But by the time, you know, cable metastasizes, do you really need all those channels? Do you need five fucking shopping channels? Really? I don't think so. Do you need three weather channels? Like, that's what you're paying for. And, and, and you couldn't really just do an a la carte model and say, I want that channel, I want that channel, I want that channel, and I want that channel, and you, let's figure out a rate for that. They would, no, it's a bundle. You got to buy the bundle. And I remember when I discovered Roku, it was great. It was great. It was like, I'm done. I'm decoupling. And for a while, um, I had, um, what was it? Uh, Sony. Had a uh, had PlayStation had a streaming platform. I had that for a while. It was pretty affordable, pretty good. You're able to get uh, uh, NFL Red Zone. So I had a few, you know, I had a few of the the streaming platforms for a while to display it. But then I got rid of them. I'm like I don't fucking need them. So I just you know this is 
this is part of the de this is the decentralization. So you go from the networks to cable to Roku streaming services, and this is where we are now. Like Tucker really is the, the in a lot of ways the death of traditional media. That's re really what it's about. Well, that's not what it's about, but it's a big part of it. It's the death of traditional media. And yesterday I put a tweet up on um, Twitter and it was, uh, it was like, okay, here's my take on the Tucker thing. Number one, he was a scout for dominion. And I believe that to be true. And the people that are associated with dominion. Number two, he just had Saturn uh, being conjuncted by the eclipse sun in Taurus. That was that was big. Like the sun eclipses Saturn at early Taurus. I think it's two degrees Taurus low, right? That's a major astrological piece. And then the other piece is that one of the last interviews he did was with Elon Musk. And ultimately, I think that's where Tucker is going to end up. He is going to Elon Musk is, and I and I've been talking about this for a while. Elon Musk wants to become the internet. He wants to become the internet. He wants his chat, his, his, his app, which is loosely titled X chat. And by the way, he renamed Twitter Inc to X something. I forget the name of the company tells you where it's going. Right. And this whole thing with the blue checks took them all away. You want a blue check, you got to pay for it. So there, there's, it's not because he wanted to punish the blue checkers, the Ron Filipkowskis. No, he wants to create a model where ultimately people are going to have a subscription to his services. And if you think it's just Twitter for now, watch. It won't be just Twitter. He's going to take on YouTube. He'll take on YouTube. He'll take on just about anybody in the space. You'll be able to transact in XChat. Remember, this is a guy who had a failed relationship. You know, it wasn't failed. I mean, he started off basically creating a version of PayPal. And then Peter Thiel and the PayPal guys bought him out. And he worked for PayPal for a while until they kicked his ass out because, because he's Elon, right? But that's where he started, right? He started with this whole thing in a big way with the, the, the money piece. And he wants the money piece to be a part of XChat. And I don't know if it's going to be Q code related. I don't know if he's going to have his own decentralized currency, which is very possible. You know, the guy's a, a Doge freak. You know, he probably owns a trillion in Doge or maybe more. Right, so will Doge become the currency of XChat? Like that's what Elon Musk wants. And keep in mind, he also has Startlink, and he could. Marjorie Green Taylor did a public shout out on Twitter, thanking Elon Musk for her to be able to get on the internet through Startlink. That should tell you something. Like if the internet goes down or if the internet becomes 
uh, so inoperable. Elon Musk has a baked-in alternative. Now, is there a price to pay for that besides the $8.99 or $9.99 a month to use it? I don't know. I don't know. Is Elon Musk, you know, one of the uh, the 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 cram one of one of the crowns or one of the one of the sp the spiky heads of the crown of the Antichrist? I don't know. He might be. It depends what the terms and conditions are. But I guarantee you that's where he's going. It's not just about Twitter. He wanted the platform. He wanted the platform because he wants to reinvent the internet and streaming is going to be a huge part of it. And if he has Tucker Carlson associated with X chat, it's a weapon. Now, how does that translate to Tucker and people that, uh, you know, don't have X chat, like somebody in their say late sixties, early seventies, who watch Tucker on Fox. They're probably going to be left out, right? They're probably going to be left out. They're probably not going to be able to get it, which it, depending on how you feel about it, right? You might say, well, that's unfortunate because he, you know, he spoke to some of these people, but ultimately those people, I hate to say it, are going to age out. And they're looking theoretically at who is coming, right? Who is coming? Who's using the apps? Who are the people that we're going to need to cultivate um, a customer and user base around? It is not somebody in their, you know, early 70s. I'm sorry. And I know there are people in the early 70s watch this. So I'm not denigrating you. Please understand that. I'm not that far behind you, okay? But that's not ultimately not who... In a business sense, that's not who they're thinking of. They're thinking of people that are 18, 19, 20, 30, 40, Gen X, right? That's who they're thinking of. And those are the adopters that would, would get into it. He wants to take on TikTok. I, I tell you right now, that's what he wants to do. So now it's very fitting that one of the final interviews that he did was with Elon Musk. And so I tweeted about that yesterday. You can find that on my Twitter feed. I tweeted about it before Robbie Starbuck uh, tweeted about it or talked about it on Jason Whitlock. So I kind of beat him to the punch a little bit, even though they taped that show earlier in the day. Um, but it's the end of an era, right? It, it is the end of an era. That's really what Tucker and moving away from Fox represents on so many levels. So now you have to ask yourself, and this gets back to this whole thing around the power grid, right? Like, like if you see a business like Bud Light who is willing to self-immolate, or you see a, a you know a business like Fox News who is willing to uh, fire. Uh, the only person that really mattered there, the person who had the most ratings over anybody else on cable TV, what does that signal? And remember, 
Fox News is run by an elite family that know things, right? They know things. So does Tucker's departure signal more than just the end of legacy media? Does Tucker's departure signal the end? And I know that's a dramatic statement or question, but it's one worth asking. And if that's true, then what does it look like? And how long do we have? You know, I've been, I've, I've been talking about the presidential election in 2024 and how it happens under 29 Pluto in Capricorn, which is the last, like, by the time we get to December, Pluto's in Aquarius and it's not looking back. It's the last election that has any semblance of degrees related to the entire Pluto cycle of the United States. So that said, I do believe that we'll have one last election. You even had Joe Biden announcing he's going to run, right? You've got Gavin Newsom. So these people are, they're, they're, they're making moves, right? They're, they're, they're Ron DeSantis, Robert F. Kennedy. Like they're, they've all thrown their hats in the ring. And Gavin Newsom is an elite. Don't, don't, misconstrue that. He wouldn't be out on the road in the South trying to denigrate Ron DeSantis and, you know, every other state in the South and try to win the South. He wouldn't be doing that unless he thought that there was um, going to be something worth running for. That said, we are in Pluto and Aquarius and anything can happen. Uranus is in Taurus. Anything could happen. And all of a sudden, they all get the memo one day and they shut down their campaigns. This is what you want to watch out for, right? When you see evidence of somebody all of a sudden not doing something, right? Like, okay, what's going on here? Pay attention. Because we're, we're, we're kind of inching up to that moment, right? Where, where it, it could be moved either way, either way. Maybe we could go down this path and we could go into this phase and this election and this last election cycle. And all these things could theoretically happen between now and then. And there's a lot, trust me. Or they could just say, fuck it, we're pulling the plug, right? We're pulling the plug. A lot of it depends on how much they want to get out of us. And I'm not just talking about finances. They could take that anytime they want. Anytime. They could, they could, they could do massive bank runs. And next thing you know, you go to your ATM and it's just shut down. That's not the real currency. The real currency is your emotions. Um, it is your 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 psych biopsychic field right? Your soul. I mean, these are the things that they really want. Now, that other stuff is, is if it leads to getting to you, they'll do it. But it's just an ends to a mean or means to an end rather. That's what they really want. They want your soul and they'll chip away at it. 
they'll chip away at it. They'll, they'll take out their uh, deferred interest every single day if you're not paying attention. And it's hard. It's very hard. You know, people, it's just difficult interacting with people. They're not even real people anymore. I mean, look, I've met a lot of you and I can rest assured you're real, right? The people, the, and I, I'm fortunate and blessed in my life to be able to deal with real people. You know, every now and then you got, you got to deal with um, the altered state. It's just the way it is, but it's not easy. It's not easy. We've been so uh, traumatized and modified that when, when you don't even know who you're talking to some, sometimes, yeah, by the way, I had, I had this, <laughs> this weird perception. So I, I had an interesting uh, Walmart experience, the Walmart and Kerrville is actually reasonable, right? It's actually a reasonable Walmart experience. So we went in there on uh, Saturday to see if they could change my headlights um, because we were kind of there, right? And so I rolled my car in. It, it was really funny. The guy behind the counter was this big guy, you know, was really you know, big. And I noticed he had put, like, you know how people make their own tattoos? He he made his own symbol for Blue Oyster Cult. Like, he did that with, you know, with ink and a needle. And I'm like, I know that symbol. And I said, oh, you're a BOC fan. He goes, oh, yeah. So then the guy starts talking to me about Blue Oyster Cult, Al Petrelli, Sabotage, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Molly Hatchet. Like, I mean, he's, motherfucker knows his music, right? And he really kind of looks in some ways like a big country bumpkin, which in some ways he kind of kind of is, right? But then you, you know, peel away the layers. I'm like, man, this motherfucker knows his music. It was really a cool conversation. But then we're kind of cruising around the store and I'll be self-disclosure, um, I'd had one of uh, Chris's uh, moon dust gummies. So I was, I was feeling, you know, pretty moon dusty. And so <laughs> I'm buying a new pan to, uh, to make omelets in. And um, I'm having a discussion with this guy, right? And he's looking him over and he's looking up like, oh, you know, is this safe? Is this safe? Right. So I'm having a discussion with this guy. You know, he's kind of a average average looking dude right you know probably around my age whatever so we have this discussion about these pots and pans and then i i walked away and i said you know what was interesting about that conversation i said we could have just had a conversation with a certified sex offender and we wouldn't even know it right like there are people who are certified sex offenders like if, if you go online and you move into an area and you want to know if there's somebody in your area because they have to, they, they have to report, right. That's part of the, part of the deal. 
And I remember doing that when, you know, my son was young, we didn't want to move into an area where there was, you know, kind of a club hanging out. You can actually find that out. And I just thought to myself, how often do we have conversations with people that we do not know the fuck about what is going on in their personal lives and what they do yet in that moment, right. On the, on the, uh, kitchen aisle in Walmart, we're talking about the safety of pants and who knows, maybe the guy's a straight up dude, whatever. Right. But it just dawned in my mind, you know, we just had a pleasant conversation about, about omelet pans. And for all I know, that guy could have been a registered sex. Life is, it was just a thought and life is weird. It's just weird. Anyway, um, but you never know, right? You just never know. Like even the guy behind the counter. And I thought to myself, well, this is how people would identify themselves to other people in the past. They would have a symbol that they would wear. Maybe the symbol was on their body in the form of a tattoo, or maybe a symbol was in the form of a medallion or a pin, right? That the other person would recognize. And that's exactly what happened. I recognized his blue oyster cult symbol. He was a member of the cult. And um, and then we had a, a pretty uh, informed conversation. It was fun, actually. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit, and I'm going to put a little money on the meter. So give me one sec here while I do that. When I say that, what I what I actually mean is that I'm adding some time to the show. And. Um, Past Lives Matter is here. Cool. Uh, let me go into broadcasts. And I'm going to add 30 minutes. There we go. All right. I'm going to shift gears here. And um, let me see if I bookmark this thing. I bookmark Carrie Mullis. Uh, give me one sec. I'm going to play you something. And, um, I was politicking to get on uh, Jason Whitlock's show. Let me see if I can find it. All right, here it is. I found it. All right. So, I'm going to play you a video that Kira Sedgwick and Kevin Bacon made. And I'm going to rant on it a little bit. So here we go. And I keep my side of the street clean. You so let's look at what these two shitbags are promoting. Drag is an art and drag is a right. So they're TikToking to um, the new thing. So let's watch it again. 
So essentially what they're doing is they're shoving it in your face, right? That's what they do at the end. They shove this right in your face at the end, right here, right? right. They're shoving it in your face. Is she doing a, is she doing a drag act? She might be. So I came up with a new nickname for Kevin Bacon around this. And um, it's called Fruit Loose. Let me, let me talk about that video for a minute. First of all, um, I believe that they are both quote unquote blue bloods. I know Kira Sedgwick is she's descended from the Boston Brahmins. I've gone down that. I've gone down that rabbit hole. She Kira Sedgwick is a blue blood. She's a Boston Brahmin in the Boston Brahmins were the, um, a group of English that lived in Boston and basically made massive amounts of money with each other, right? They were like, let's dominate the market. We'll work together. We'll intermarry, right? That is, that is really where you get the East Coast elite. You don't get it from New York. You get it from Boston and this whole group of English settlers there. And I would assume that Kevin Bacon, if you go back far enough, you'll probably run into Francis Bacon. That's that's my sense, although I haven't really gone back that far. So you're dealing with elites here. That's what they are. They're elites, theoretical elites, right? And what was that show that Kira Sedgwick did? Was it the, the Closer or the Equalizer or whatever the fuck that was? I remember seeing that. Like the, I didn't see the show, but I'm like, why, what, what is going on here? You know, somebody's giving her this bone. Right. Somebody's giving her this bone and they're going to promote the hell out of the show and they're going to make her seem like such a badass because, well, that's the trend and that's what was happening. And it's like she was, Kira Cedric was, she was nobody for a while. Right. She had some roles. Wasn't she in, what was it, uh, singles? I think she might have been in singles. But other than that, like, well, what the fuck did Kira Cedric do besides marry, uh, marry Kevin Bacon? Honestly. And then all of a sudden she gets a TV show and she, and it's promoted heavily. She's like this really tough, intense closer or the equalizer or some bullshit. And it's like, when I saw that, I thought there's a deal going on here, right? There, there is a deal happening with her because she, she was, she was not even relevant. And they just like injected that show, you know, with this, with as much, steroidal marketing as possible and who knows maybe it was a good show but i didn't want to invest any time in it right and like okay so is is there um is there a price to pay for doing a deal like that is this what you have to do or do they really believe in this bullshit 
Do they really believe in this bullshit? You know, what's really amazing is that they're, they, I know that they live in LA or at least they have a home in LA and maybe they should take their fucking TikTok dance down to a fucking homeless camp in LA. Maybe that's what they should do. Who knows? Maybe they got something on the side and they're doing some philanthropy. I don't know. Right. But that's not the public face of it. Like there are way bigger things that they should be dancing for. Besides drag is an art and literally at the end, shoving it in there. And who are they doing that for? Are they not reading the room? They're not, they're not, and they don't care. They don't care. Maybe they've got their, uh, you know, uh, four, four, three, they're, they're uh, 1,500 square foot, four, three in the underground city waiting for them. Maybe that's what they've got, and this is what they have to do, and they don't give a shit. But if you take that out of the equation, they're fucking tone deaf. And just go go through and watch their feed. It's ridiculous. And Kevin Bacon's been on this trip for a while now. Was, wasn't he like a, a vax freak too? Like, the man had promise at one point in time. He had promise. And now he's just another cunt. And I'm using that in the in the British slang. British pejorative of the term. And this is where we are. Like you you just see that, and it's like, okay, we are we are living, we're living in a world divided, and those people are deluded. Absolutely deluded, and and maybe they're driven by some faux concern for art in the creative aspect himself, and they're going to TikTok their way through the rights to be able to express themselves. There's a lot of other issues, a lot of other issues. If they wanted to do a little TikTok dance, that uh, might be a bit more meaningful. Unless, of course, the puppet masters are, you know, orchestrating those dance moves. That's a whole other discussion. And it could be part of it. But they were always there, right? They never, they didn't really rise out of anything. Kira Sedgwick comes from money. And I'm betting that Kevin Bacon does too. Now, Christine, to bring it back, those are actors. All right, I'm out of here. Uh, thanks for being here. Uh, use your head in order to show what's real, your heart too soap and what's possible. We'll be back here tomorrow and uh, queue up another John Wade track for you. My second other favorite baby song. We'll play that tomorrow. In the meantime, take good care of yourself. Stay human. It's, it's like that's the, we're in Taurus. 
remind yourself that you're a fucking human, at least for now. You're a divine being and a spirit having a human experience. Work on that algorithm. Take care. Bye for now.